It's time to venture into the Filmverse, a movie fan podcast where we delve into the never-ending recesses of cinema and report time findings. I'm Mitchell Chandler. And I'm Bryce Payne. And today on the sixth episode of Into the Filmverse, we will be discussing the 1952 Best Picture winner, The Greatest Show on Earth, Disney's acclaimed 2002 sports drama, Remember the Titans, and various content we watch throughout the week. Be sure, be sure to join us on Letterboxd, the social network for film lovers. You can find Bryce Payne at... Payne Reviews, P-A-Y-N-E Reviews. And me, Mitchell Chandler, at Mitch Reviews. And Mitch is spelled with Y, so it's M-Y-T-C-H. Before we dive into our weekly movie watches, we're going to go off the top with some recent movie news. Uh, so, with all these movies uh, being shut down, and or shut down, but push, postponed, canceled, and the uncertainty of uh, the theaters right now uh looks like disney has decided to make a restructuring of their um business model and uh they're making streaming a top priority right now uh this comes to us um through bob chapek the ceo of disney uh he basically just said that they're going to start focusing more on streaming content um whether that be their sports stuff disney plus stuff and uh you know they also own hulu um so they're going to be making a big market of their uh, investments into that stream model. Uh, Bryce, do you see this as a good move? Slash, also, how do you feel about it? We're not going to ever see any of this content. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly how it feels at this point. They're like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to make a huge investment into streaming, except where is it? It's been two years. Yeah, it's like plus. you guys said this was going to be a huge investment, and we've had one fucking show out of this. Yeah, we're getting a second season of The Mandalorian before we get a, a single drop of Marvel a content. A single drop of, well, any content, really, beyond Marvel or... Yeah, their first wave. Behind, beyond yeah. their first wave of stuff they had come out before it came out, and then nothing's been dropped for, like, a whole year. Now, I have I had it brought to my attention that Disney Plus isn't necessarily a uh, marquee title, a marquee streaming service that you would ha- expect, like, from a Netflix or a Amazon Prime. It's more of, well, like, a com- or a, like, a commodity or a something the, you have to the side of it. It's like your mashed potatoes to your... I, I look at it like a nostalgia th- like showcase. Right. Here's a bunch of your shows that you weren't able to find ever before the streaming problem. Here you go. But the problem is that they promised so much, so much content, such as, you know, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to drop in June of this year. It never happened. Um, See, WandaVision was supposed to drop in, in like, uh, the late fall already? It was supposed, it was supposed to be, yeah, already here? Yeah. Well, I mean, I understand, like... I mean, a lot of people always bring up that, yeah, COVID happened, which is understandable. I understand why but it pushed. But they should have had a better plan. They should have already had it out. Like, they should have already had it ready to be put out. Yeah, it's like you guys you guys waited too long. But it was a rush production. Said, does it make, but does it, how do you feel about them going overall, though, just heading in towards uh, more streaming versus theatrical? Well, and not necessarily that they're focusing I mean, yeah, less I mean, on theatrical. It's just, just that there's going to be, there's going to be more content on streaming than there is going to be released in theatrical, which right. I find probably. On should it, be a good thing because Disney oversaturates the theatrical markets in the beginning of any way. Yeah, this is, I mean, coming from somebody who just, like, adores the theaters and is a cinephile and everything needs to be at the theaters, I would also say that this is a smart move. Um, I've started even seeing the advantages of just being able to see see things at home versus um, on the big screen. Uh, we'll get to a movie here we watched uh, on Netflix that dropped that is probably the best picture contender if I really hope Oscars. Um, but... I, I still think I would rather have seen that on the big screen, but I'm not sneezing at it to just see it on, on like, my, I, my I, screen. I get streaming's accessibility, you know, you just pick it up and watch it whenever, but there's there's something that gets added to the experience when you go Correct. virtual, as we've gone through multiple times before on this podcast. It doesn't take anything away from a movie to not be on the big screen, but it just adds it, to the it experience. It adds more flavor. I mean, like, we've been going to the theater since they've been re- since the reopened around us, at least, right. you know, Cinemark, as they're the only ones still open. 
And that's good. But um, it, there's not that many people at these showings. There's not, no. So it's, the, it's not the same feeling, but we appreciate that we're able to see it on the big screen with the, you know, sound and everything. But it's not right. the, it's not like if we went and saw Endgame in theaters right now, it wouldn't be the same as if we when we watched it last year. Sure, that makes sense. Because yeah, people, people exactly. the experience isn't going to be the same, and that's kind of how it feels going well, into and that's new the new movies right now. I guess that's the point of what Disney's trying to make is like they want their end games, they want their Black Widows to be in theaters still, but they're, they're some of these other films. Maybe maybe we might see more Pixar films go straight to streaming like they're doing with Soul. Or um, they they just dropped a new movie. I haven't seen it, but they dropped like Clouds, and I can't imagine that having a very successful theatrical run. But it right. might find a home on Disney Plus. Exactly. They're just going to focus more on content. And it's, it's not even just the content they were playing and putting in theaters. They're just going to be ramping up and being able to provide us with more content to watch, which I never think is, a, is, a, is never a bad thing, is more things to watch and more Only things to enjoy. Only if it ever actually happens, though. Right. Because exactly. right now, it's like... Um, I'm sure it will. It's just going to be a while. It's just going to be a minute. It's, it's, like, it's going to ramp up eventually. It's like pouring water on your hands and expecting it to stay there. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, you were going to give you more, and you're like, well, where is it? <laughs> where is it? You're like, well, here, have some. But like, this is just the Mandalorian. It's gone now. <laughs> So I have, and we're all like all over twist, being like, "Please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> Please, sir, can I have some more?" Well, uh, along with Disney, um, another thing that we've been streaming in, in movie theaters, uh, all the industry, just another thing we've been talking about a lot lately. We talked about it a little bit last week was Spider-Man Three. Uh, so Sony has an- announced that um, it's already in production and. Like, production as in filming has started. And it started in, I think it's New York, they said. Yep, started in New York. And they already, um, so they we're going to have a first look at it in December. Two months like, away. I feel like that's a little too soon. I, yeah, I, well, haven't, we're gonna I haven't seen Black Widow, Eternals, Shang-Chi, none of that. The only thing that has a trailer right now is Black Widow. I feel like it's too soon to give me a Spider-Man 3 look and there's four... There's like five other Marvel movies coming out before, before that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't even know what Shang Chi's about yet. Like, is this gonna like be a part of it, or you, Sony's just like, we're better. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with you. Maybe it we'll depends see Morbius on, though. That would be confirm all of the rumors. Ooh, see, I, I think that's the big thing. I think that's why they want to make the splash in December. Is that it's gonna start re-energizing for the new year about all these films that are gonna be coming Wait, out. Because Morbius supposed to come out in like March. Yeah, all this stuff is supposed to... I mean, everything is already supposed to come out. So, I mean, I don't even... We're saying supposed, generally. It's not like we're... I'm not expecting it to. Right. Because everyone seems to think that when 2020 ends, the COVID virus is just going to go away. (laughs) Exactly. But uh, I mean... January 1st... Whenever whenever you have a movie that comes out a year in advance and you put out a trailer, it's almost like it's kind of pointless because you create all this butt... It's, and I want to say, I say almost because of the Spider-Man, it, I think it doesn't matter when you can put out a trailer could, two years You can literally put just a picture of Tom Holland's face next to a building. Everyone's going to be like, oh my God, right, no, exactly. Spider-Man 3! <laughs> exactly. So that's why whenever you put out any marketing, it's almost just like people are going to eat it up. But what I always hark back to is that Godzilla movie where they put out, was it Godzilla or, no, yeah, it was definitely Godzilla. They put out marketing for it a year and like a half in advance. And people forgot the trailer even came out by the time the movie came out. Or did like, well, they thought the movie had already, a lot of people had already thought the movie came out because they had put the trailer so far in advance. It's like once a certain time passes, you're like, wait, didn't that come out already? Why are they marketing? Yeah, again? but with our modern slate of movies, like how it's working, is we're getting trailers for things that are coming out next year, next like August. See, I understand. They're still backed up on stuff. So right. like, why not just throw Spider Man in there? Oh well, at least it'll give Marvel back into the headlights. Exactly. No, I, d- I definitely understand why they're putting something out. Usually, it's just like a little like flash, like. That this is happening 
Um, and as Marvel stands, we're 100% okay with it. I just think it's too soon. <laughs> that's fair, exactly. I'm like, you just started production. Like, give, give it a while. I mean, like, it's, not, other it's stuff. not like you're going to show a full trailer. It's probably going to be like a like 30 second. Like, I just want to see Venom just show up in the trailer, like the teaser trailer or whatever. Just have like a reference to Venom and then be like, all right, so it's confirmed. My nice. hopes <laughs> is that they confirm. Uh, they won't. Tobey Maguire <laughs> and Andrew Garfield in this movie. And that brings us to my my next story here, which is also about Spider-Man 3. A lot of Spider-Man news the past uh, week or two here. Uh, so last week we talked about how Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield might be rejoining the, uh, the Spider-Man 3 film. And then the very next day, Sony the shot that down. Well, or quote did unquote they? shot or it did down. They? Exactly. <laughs> so one of the... Um, I wouldn't say CEO, uh, the spokespersons for, for Sony Pictures, he came, a rep, a rep, sorry, that's the word, a rep for the Sony Studios came out and said, those rumored castings are not confirmed. Now, if I, now, there's a couple ways to look at it. One, it's a rep, you know, he's not, he's, he's just a representative. Right. But it's also like, why wouldn't you deny the confirming if they're not already in right. the works? <laughs> exactly. Why would you, so, and that's a little bit of us as fans being like looking too much into words. So, so we, we're guilt, like us as fans, me, Bryce, also, I'm sure a lot of you guys, especially with Marvel, like, exactly. I, I'm like, we look into every single gonna, thing. We nitpick what we see in, in photos. We nitpick things, like, way people have to say things. Like the first time we saw the bat suit, like the Batman right. suit leaks come over, we're like, that looks fucking horrible. That looks horrible. <laughs> exactly. But that being said, um, it's still a little, still pulling that thread a little bit there. His, still, his specific statement would, was those rumored castings are not confirmed. I think they would deny it if it wasn't like. Wait, you're like, hold up. Those, now, I was like, maybe it's a cameo. Maybe maybe it's as simple as it is. It's like they're not cast in the film. They're making a cameo, so they don't sure, want to be like they're in the film and everyone think they're gonna have a spotlight. And instead, they show up in the last like 20 minutes of the film. But at the same time, it's like I feel like why if bring wouldn't it? you say they're not confirmed if right. you don't want the buzz there? Exactly. <laughs> I feel like honestly, what I think this means is that they are in talks. And, but they haven't but they accepted. Haven't, it. But they haven't accepted yet. Something they're waiting on something to figure out if that's going to happen. Andrew or not. Garfield's like, everyone hated me though. I don't know if I want to come back for this. And they're like, bruh, it's Spider Man. You love Spider Man. He's like, no, nah, man. I don't. I don't know. And they're like, we can't confirm anything till you say yes. Until you say yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, because it's like that, that matters on their script too. Because like you write you write the script first, and then you write you need to bring in the characters. So they they must have already had the script the, in. The script's in there. It's like, yeah, we're bringing in uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. The guy's like, God damn it. But also, here's my thing though. So we're hearing all this stuff now, but the script's already, they've already started shooting and the script's already written. written. So if they, they can't be, okay, if they have, if they haven't been already confirmed and know they're locked in, then it's, it's like, it's not going to. Well, I mean, Iron Man had a lot of things going on while they were shooting. They can always add stuff. They can, but it's, it's also one of those things is like, are you just going to throw it in there for a cheap gimmick or are you going to make it part of the thing? If it's a cheap gimmick. It's probably going to be the post credit scene, honestly. I don't know. I wouldn't. I feel like if you're gonna bring back the two two main characters, as you're not just gonna do a cameo. No, but it's setting up for the next chapter. I can see them doing it in Marvel. Oh, like doing a next like oh oh you're saying like that they're gonna like set the it up. cameo is gonna have like set up with like Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield like showing up in our universe or whatever. Oh okay, that would like, be interesting. You know, I want to say it's kind of like what happened to the end of Spider Verse, where like uh, I don't know the guy's name, but Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Oh yeah, he like. Emilio um, or yeah, or whatever his name, but he like he showed up in like the other worlds. He's like, all right, let's that's get started. Cool. And they pull him out. Well, see, in and that's one of the things with the Spider Verse. It's cartoon. It's a little easier to do stuff like that. With but I the... can I can see like 
something to do with Doctor Strange or something like right. a portal, like Doctor Strange's portal, like opens up, and then here comes like Andrew Garfield and like Tobey Maguire coming out of the portal. Like, my what main the thing hell is going on. Like, what what is this? You're like, um, my main thing is I just don't want them to be like some cheap throwaway thing. No, but with I Sam don't. Raimi being in the being the director for Doctor Strange, I see them like I, I can see them like weaving a web together. I'm starting to see pun intended. Weave, 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 <laughs> pun intended. Um, well, honestly, I'm starting to see things shaped together that I, I'm I'm looking forward to in the in the MCU. Uh, because you know they said that one division, that new Disney Plus show that's supposed to come out soon, is December. Uh, December, right? Right. It's supposed to be connected to, to the Multiverse of Madness. It's supposed to be connected to the new Doctor Strange movie. But we're not getting the Doctor Strange movie until twenty twenty two now. Right. But 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 listen to this. Then they said that Spider Man is supposed to be connected to Doctor Strange. Doctor, is it going to be Doctor Strange as his mentor role? So and not only that, but then can... you see stuff in the Sony verse. Or in a Sony, or the Spunk, as what they call it. I don't, I, if you haven't heard of that, just look it up. It's like the Sony Pictures um, Universe. universe. Mar- or Sony Marvel Universe. The Spider-Man Universe. Cinematic like Universe. Yeah. I don't know. It's called Spunk. But anyway, it's, it's weird. It's, it's silly. <laughs> but uh, their films, they seem like they're going to have crossover with Michael Keaton as Vulture, potentially, in Morbius film. And so I feel like, and then you... Yeah, I mean, uh, then we don't have a whole lot of projects outside of that um, quite... Conf- well... You know, more details on those, but it looks like uh, there's going to be some sort of multiverse kind of Could thing. You imagine having this much detail going into like phase three of the MCU. They're like, and in Endgame, we have so and so confirmed for casting. You're like, oh, all right, you know, that's like three years away, but cool, cool. <laughs> like, well, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, Endgame's like a year before. They're like, yeah, Benedict Wong's going to be in there. They're like, oh shit, really? <laughs> Wait, really? He's going to be in it? He was in Doctor Strange. Oh my god. <laughs> But uh, I guess we'll just wait and see on, on all that stuff I take, there. take everything we hear in the news right now with Marvel with a grain of salt until we start getting content dropped. Yeah, no, I, I We still agree. don't know anything. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. All, and most of the Spider-Man stuff, besides that the, they've started uh, filming and that we are supposed to see something in December, you know, all, all the stuff with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, all that's just really rumor, speculation, nothing now, substantial to that. What if they... In the Spider-Man movie, they bring in Miles, and then we have Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire show, like, we get a fucking great Spider-Verse but, movie. I'm going to say there. this right now. By 2026, we're going to have a Miles Morales movie. That means they're going to kill Tom Holland off. <laughs> I would be cool with that. Because so I love Miles. But, well, I, I just think, just the way everything's headed, there's... At that point, I feel Miles like Tom Miles Holland, movie. 10 years of Spider-Man, would probably be like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm ready to step away. I want to do um, some more serious roles like Devil all the time. I'm, I'm over this. So, uh, speaking of new stuff, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I know this is a big, one of your favorites, um, well, it is your favorite horror Film My as favorite a, slasher series. Slasher thing. series, exactly. They uh, basically just released a poster. Um, I, I think their 2021 release date is when they're supposed yep. to come out. Next year. Next year. Uh, they just released a, like a small poster and a little um, I did. Snippet. I did look into this poster they released. Because I like zoomed in, was like analyzing it. Because I was like, what's in this poster? And you can see like the scene from the end of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre with his like, chainsaw over his head in the mouth. Oh, cool. And you can see, like, little details on the sides. And that's pretty cool. So, which, I mean, I guess the poster looks better when you start looking deeper into, into it. it. Right. But, like... In addition uh, to, like, the poster, uh, they also released a little bit of information about the movie saying, The new film, uh, a continuation of Toby Hooper's shocking 1974 seminal horror classic, marks the return of Leatherface, reintroducing one of the most iconic villains of the horror genre to a whole new generation. And, uh... So, basically, I mean, and there's it goes on to say that this film is going to be... Kind of what Halloween did um, with the, the the new the new Halloween that came out in 2018. Uh, it's basically going to ignore all of the sequels to the original Halloween and basically be a reboot slash sequel to the first Hall or sorry Halloween the first um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. 
for the third time, guys. We're doing really, it for wait, the third time. I didn't know that. Was it really the third, the third time that they've done this? Like, like rebooted the yep. from that. Yep. Oh. <laughs> All right. Like, well, yeah. My hoping it in it, 2013, and then it was like crap show because it's been like the spunk of the 3D era back when oh. I was like trying to be 3D. So it was like chain or Texas Chainsaw 3D. And it like erased everything past the first one, and like started the film off at the end of the first movie with like cops showing up at the warehouse. So I've only seen the first one because uh, <laughs> we watched it with together, and I did not know that they those were the like other films like that. I thought they were just like sequels and sequels. No, okay, so, so it's, the the timeline for Texas Chainsaw Massacre is really kind of weird. Like the the first the first one is of course the iconic you know perfect horror film. Then you have Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, which basically Toby Hooper made like a satire on his own film. Okay. So it became more of like a dark comedy versus like a horror movie. You have Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, which is just forgettable. It's nothing good in it. It's just cla- It's just gore and like there's no story. It's horrible. Um, then you have Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation, and that was uh, Matthew McConaughey's first starring role, and it was only supposed Wait, no. to come out because he got more popular during the end of the '90s. So they released the movie at the end of the '90s because like star power, his name. And it it was horrible. They had, they cast like porn stars and everything else in that movie, trying to fill roles. Like it what was, the fuck? they had like alien abduction, CIA conspiracy. Like it, that movie was trash. In the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well, okay. You so... had you had the 2003 and 2005 remakes. I think it's 2005 that weren't bad. They were like their own little pocket kind of thing. Like it was like a classic reboot of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, with like the first one being like basically not a scene for scene from the original, but like. Taking the same story from the original and just adapting it. And they did they did fairly well. The second one is a prequel to the 2003 one. And then you had the 2013 one, which did what Halloween did. Scrapped everything. And then they were like, it's its own, like, thing. You know, we, we scrapped all the sequels. It's its own area. You know, it's going to do it. And it bombed. It was horrible. And then you had the 2017 one that came Wait, out. There's a, there's a 2017 one, too? And it's called Leatherface. And it's supposed to be about, like, the origin of Leatherface. And instead, like, for people that, people that know Leatherface... You like he was supposed to be portrayed as a retard, and that's that's literally what Gunnar Hansen, the guy who played Leatherface, called him. Like that word for word, he said he played him like a retard. Whether that's not not PC these days, who knows? No, but that's but, just but, the but that's from the word movie, for yeah. word what Gunnar Hansen said when they asked him like how he played him. And so he's not supposed to be a villain. He's a sympathetic character in my mind. Like right. he's not he's not diabolical. He's not a, like a masochist. He's just like masochist, yeah. yeah, but he's just he's just uh, he's LeBron in the family. That's all he is. He's just there to be the strength and be, like, the, the guy that, like, can hold people down and be, like, he's just dumb. He's dumb and just big. That's his character. Right. He wasn't supposed to become this huge horror movie fanatic. He's just supposed to be the, the bulk. <laughs> he's just the big, different dude that, like, just didn't quite, probably quite understand what he's doing. And the problem with, like, the new, the new like, Leatherface movies is they make him more of, like, a sinister, sympathetic, like, a non-sympathetic, like, he's a evil entity kind of thing versus just, like, a guy helping his, fa- like, doing what his family really? says. <laughs> And you so, know what? Like, I didn't even think about all that, but now that you bring it up, I definitely understand why it's more. That's why Leatherface. Uh, I mean, I can see why that sequence don't terrifying. work. That's terrifying. That's why sequels work because he just doesn't. He's he does. It's not because he's doing it to be mean. It's just it's he's just, doing it because his family tells him to. He's not the brains behind the family. He's right. just there doing what they tell him to do. He doesn't know any better. They're like, go kill that person. He's like, all right, that's what my brother wants me to do. I'll go kill that person and heads all the way there and kills him. But what they're doing with the new movies is trying to make him seem more like diabolical like he knows what he's doing like he's smart enough to know what he's doing but he's not he's not a smart character like he, well yeah like he like he wants to kill these people rather, yeah, like, rather uh, than just doing something to help his family like for, for instance leatherface was said to be like a figure out who is the person who turns into leatherface who which one of these characters is the one that becomes leatherface so they have this big like big kid like you expect him because he's slow and dumb to be leatherface of course it's not because like it's a movie and 
they, they kill him off right away. And you're like, oh, well, then who is it? It can't be the guy with the girl. And they make him the smart, charming young man who's like protecting the main character. So it's not really film. the Leatherface. It's just, it's not, it's not, the, it's not maintain, maintaining what the spirit of Leatherface is. Yeah. Like they just keep doing their own things, trying to like bring up to a new generation, but they keep saying it's going to revive the thing. But that's not what made Leatherface theory. It's not. It's not the fact that he like Orville's face or anything. It's because he doesn't know any better. And you know what? And after and also within within that news, um, the, I mean the the new directors, uh, the original directors, yeah, the, supposed there, to direct there this. was these two directors that were originally supposed to direct it, and less than a week into filming, they got fired by the studio. <laughs> so they probably went were going to some direction that they didn't want them to head in, which is maybe probably well, I don't know, who knows if it was the right one or not. Yeah, I guess we'll then find they, out. They hired this other director who has basically no credentials. Has no experience. Has is just like this is his first big film, and all I can think about is like the my way of thinking about this is the studio wanted someone that would do what they wanted because they're trying to be so much like Halloween from twenty eighteen. They didn't want directors doing their own things. They wanted the director to lay on his back and like do whatever the studio wanted him to do. Sure, they're like Halloween did this. Halloween was successful. They were, this was their best selling movie in the franchise. We got to do that too because like no, like Leatherface is dying in popularity because he's just not he's not a good character to have as a slasher franchise like lead anymore. Right. At the time, yeah, he worked because it was scary. But every sequel makes him look stupider and stupider. And not in that's the, coming not from a guy right who has way. Leatherface tattooed on his arm. Like I love right. this dude. Exactly. Like, but I, it's just, well, it, it, I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I, going into this and this story, I just was, I was more, uh, I guess, I wouldn't, say, I would say optimistic about it because, uh, I mean, I've only seen the first one, um, and anytime someone says, you know, they're gonna like scrap all the. They see my issues. They've already done it, though. <laughs> well, see, I didn't know that. Like before, right now, I didn't know that, and so that's really interesting to me to find out because now I'm just like, okay, now I don't. I might not have as much faith in this movie. That, that's... Um, but well, I, I would be interested to know. Do you know? Has the directors, uh, the, the original directors, did they direct any of the sequels? No. Nobody okay. that's ever worked on a single Leatherface movie, other than the creator of Toby ha- Toby um Toby Hooper. Yeah, that's has worked on any other films. Because now that I think about it, I was like, so they haven't done any any of the like they didn't do any of the other ones that sucked basically for the most part and so they were they were going to come in and do this new one which i'm sure was probably which might have actually gone back and made something good but now that they've brought in some unknown director which is not always bad but at the, in a horror movie genre which is like it's really easy to make horror movies but it's really hard to make a good horror movie it worries me they're getting someone with no experience well, i guess my thing is like, i hope it's good Post yeah, looks cool. I, I I hope it's great, but I'm just like I'm looking at the track record and I'm my, like mm. <laughs> my uh, excitement for the movie has dwindled a little, little bit just because of everything there. But uh, I'm still going to see it at some point. Yeah, and, it comes and out. no, like I I'm 100 like I was Which, I've known about this movie for at least six months. Like I knew I this suppose. I knew this was going to happen. Like they, right. like in the horror community, we've been talking about this. It's been rumored. We've been this, like it's been like the plot details have been somewhat leaked reportedly. It's supposed to be a 60 year old Leatherface hunting down two teenagers. One of them's a cripple. Oof. And I'm like, so you're bringing in the cripple like Frank from the original movie. I don't really want to see a 60 year old bum leg Leatherface hunt down teenagers in the in like Texas. I just don't want to see that. That yeah, doesn't that sound is, interesting to me. That, yeah, that doesn't sound too great. <laughs> like, but you know, I guess end, we shouldn't wait. We should wait till we hear specific details of the plot before we. Well, yeah, you know, this is this is just me being like an ultimate pessimist because this is one of my favorite horror movie franchises. Right, even if they're horrible, good. I still. It's one of those things like you just really want it to be good, and I know, and like I, I. Like, not, you'd I rather don't hate they, any of the movies. No, you just, you, just you'd rather they not do it you uh, and do it wrong or do it right. And if you're gonna do it, do it right. Otherwise, just don't do it at all. Yeah, I mean, like a, it's like the Saw franchise. Like every single one they make, people say it's terrible. But you know, I still have a fun time with it. I think I, I just, stopped at the third one. I was like, I watched the first one, I loved it, and then like the second two, they just went downhill from there. 
No, and then the like spiral coming out where it's supposed to be a reboot of the series. There's just like they keep. Was well, that supposed to come out this year too? Yes, was coming in May. Man, I can't. <laughs> I can't keep track of all this. But yeah. uh, like they keep they keep rebooting these old horror franchises, thinking that they're gonna catch the same break they did back in the '80s, early 2000s, and whatever. And they just it's not the same. You see movies that right. like Get Out and Us and Ooh, mainly Jordan yes. Peele stuff. But Jordan Peele and John Krasinski. Yeah, hundred percent. Like Quiet Place was so unique mm. that everyone loved it. Yes, you had like I'm I'm pretty much I have hope in Spiral. Chris Rock's the one making it. Like I got I got hope mainly because like he said that he's a huge fan of the Saw franchise. He loves all of them. He just doesn't think they have enough comedy, so he's bringing comedy in there. And you know that's an interesting take. Like it's a unique take on the franchise. But like then you look at Nightmare on Elm Street, where like. They took the character that's been so iconic since the 80s, and they, they just made him, like, a different character entirely, like a pedophile, and the movie was horrible with, like, great lighting, and they just they were, like, trying to be obligatory remake of a horror franchise they're trying to get money out of. Well, speaking of horror movies, um, and just, like, horror franchises, we're going to be doing a special here um, soon, a Halloween horror special, talking about all things horror and uh, Halloween, um, so we'll be sure to to do that here um, soon and, and kind of dive into a little bit more into different um, topics of horror there. But just so you guys know, I got a lot to talk about. I love horror. <laughs> he does. It definitely. And I, I'm kind of on the opposite spectrum where I've never been a huge fan of horror, um, but I've been watching a lot of more horror films this month. So that'll definitely be a really fun discussion to have uh, when we get to that. I just, I really hope this Leatherface movie is good. I mean, I know sure. I, I'm, I'm very pessimistic and not looking like really high hopes. I know I'm still going to watch it. Hopefully it goes to theaters because Leatherface didn't. So yeah, I mean, it could be a direct video. It's really all those. So. It's one of those things. Is that right now? I'm mean, sure that all the movies that are being made, I'm sure, are probably meant to go to. Well, maybe not all Le of them, especially not now with streaming being a huge thing. But just like, I'm sure their their plan is to try and do more theater movies, but they're keeping their options open. I'm sure. No, but there's like a lot of movies, like horror movie franchises, that get sequels. That if they know they're not going to do well, sure they just try to they put it in like streaming or... limited theatrical release, like three days, right? And then they just release it on Blu-ray, which uh, what is what happened with like Jeepers Creepers three, which I told you a lot about my experience when I saw it in theaters. <laughs> um, they did that with Leatherface. They, I mean, they like if they know it's going to be a bad movie, and they know it's not going to get received well. They just do it to see like the hardcore fans go in and watch it, and usually like they're not happy. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, speaking of franchises that uh, didn't have endings or didn't have uh i wouldn't say well reviewed but uh not so well dexter liked <laughs> well like like anything dexter um the serial killer tv show uh is getting a, re a reboot slash um renewed limited season uh season basically limited series let's catch up with dexter and his slides <laughs> exactly in his slides that he got rid of in like season but <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but they started again. It's okay. No, right, right. <laughs> no, I mean, I am in the minority where I enjoyed the ending of the Dexter season. I never finished it. Fair. I got um, halfway through, and then I just realized it was just the same thing every season, and was like, I'm done. It was a lot of uh, the whole thing. Well, it, they would like introduce season. a new character. Like, like Dexter would get with a new character. They do like like one of them was like a protege. One of them was like an accomplice. You know, he he'd get to know them and, and then murder. Then he'd kill him, and then like the next season would start, or he'd have like a little bit of trouble with like people trying to figure out if he's the serial killer, and then you know that's, that's the whole season. It, basically, I, yeah. I was like, um, five seasons of this, I'm done. I'm out. Like. But I just wanted to quickly mention it just because I'm super excited for it. Uh, I'm excited I'm a huge for it too. Dexter I'm fan. actually it's it's making me want to rewatch the whole show because I'm like, this means that like they know the ending wasn't very well received and they're gonna try to do better. But I also feel like it's like Dexter is still popular today right. after like seven exactly. years. Exactly, and I, I think <laughs> honestly a big thing that has to do with that is is Netflix. 
I feel like because it went on Netflix for yeah, a while. And, yeah, and, and it blew up. Even still is might be on Netflix. Yeah, it still is. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, it just blew up after that. I, that's where I watched it. That was Netflix for the first time. I didn't, never even knew about it on before before that. Um, and my family actually really liked this show. My dad, who is not a horror like anything, like he doesn't like serial killer stuff or anything, sure. was really into the show. So like it has a very. It's like, one of those things. That, it's because it's very different. I was like, you've never had a movie or a TV show where you're are, rooting for the serial. You're killer, rooting like, for the yeah, serial killer. Yeah, go you, exactly. dude. <laughs> Um, and that's what that's what's beautiful about it. And but the memes also, that have come out of this show. Oh, <laughs> yeah, surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> I'm really, I'm really excited. It's, it's nice to see Michael C. Hall go back into like his role because like he has not been in very movies that have been good. Right? No, I get He like agree. he could not get past Dexter. It did not work out for him. <laughs> it did not work out for him. Well, before I move on to anything else, I have to call you out on something. There, there was this. So, okay. Oh, so you added this. this? <laughs> I I sent him a different version of the show notes so I could call him out on this. There was a 17-minute short by David Lynch that uh, called What Did Jack Do? Uh, that's And this is on Netflix. And I was just sitting at work, and he told me to watch it. Or he, he said he watched it. His review was like, that's weird. All right, that was a weird movie, I but, I liked, it. but I loved it. And he gave it four stars. I'm like, what kind of review is that? It was like one line. And then he's like, just watch it. You tell me how you I was like, watch it. I was like, fine. I guess I'll pull it up. And it's literally 17 minutes long. And it's literally okay it's literally just a monkey in a tux and a dude in a darkened room saying the most nonsensical auto predict dialogue that would be impossible to make any more dumb that's one of the reviews a big like website wrote was like it basically just looks like he entered a random generator and and used the dialogue it's like he just spammed like the auto predict tech when he on his text phone and you you gave it four stars (laughs) he spent two years developing this the question is how do you uh, two years how are you? Okay, you put you gave it four stars. How are I you going to defend yourself against that? Because I was tired, and that's that's a lame excuse. But I legit, I'd woken up, was looking at a list of like Netflix originals, and it was like <laughs> David Lynch. <laughs> what did Jack do? And I was like, huh, I like David Lynch. I wonder what this is. And I was watching it, and I was laying there in bed, and I just laughed through the entire thing. And I was like, this is fucking so stupid. This is so funny. <laughs> just for reference, he gave it four stars, and I gave it a half star. It's a good short. <laughs> I said my my it's, it's my review was it's about as enjoyable as getting punched in the face. <laughs> so good though. Well, I think I was just taken so back because I was expecting I was expecting like something like actually decent and then Love is like a banana. <laughs> but I can I, I, I can understand I can understand how maybe a half asleep brain still understood understood something in there. There was no there was no two sentences strung together that made any sense. You got to understand though this is David Lynch. Half his movies aren't like don't make sense. You ever seen Twin Peaks? That show's whack. Yeah, I've never seen any David Lynch stuff, so that's probably why. I almost thing, chose a David Lynch film for the next week, but I just decided out of spite. To get, I, that's one hundred percent with the reasoning. I was like, you know, like who? What does Jack say? What Jack do? So I'm gonna make him watch David Lynch film, but I, I decided not to. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> well, well, I called you out there. So with the most recent movie news, it's such just, a good short though. Just watch it. Make you your know own what? opinion. Yeah, I want. I want to hear from you guys. You guys go watch. So what did Jack do on Netflix? It's only seventeen minutes. You can it's open that at one point two five speed, and it actually makes it more sense. Probably you could probably yeah. Actually, I mean, you could eat a sandwich make, while you're making a sandwich. Just pop. What did Jack do on and and wish that you hadn't. So or wish that you would do because it's really good. <laughs> well, with the most recent movie news dissected and spun into dutiful discussion, let's move on to our movie night watch. Each Monday, we, we gather a bunch of friends together. Or if they actually show up. Nobody uh, ever does. Nobody ever it's just does. Like four of us. <laughs> and uh, watch an Oscar winning Best Picture film, alternating between the older and newer years. This week, we had the opportunity of watching the 1952 romance drama 
best, uh, well, Romance Noir, the greatest show on earth, which depicts the dramatic lives of trapeze artists, a clown, and an elephant trainer as love and jealousy become the taper to a background of a circus spectacle. I just wish this was better. You know what? I think that, oh yeah, I was like, I think that thing I just said, a description made the movie sound a lot better. Than it did, what? yeah. I was like, <laughs> like boy, that thing lied. <laughs> well, Bryce, uh, what did you think of it? What did you think of uh, the greatest show on earth? Dude, this is the, like, Okay, so for full disclosure, this was dur- like they this was during like the spike in communist like claims in Hollywood back when they were calling a bunch of stars and directors and everyone saying like you guys are supporting Russia. So there's a lot of theories that this is that is why this film won because a lot of the directors that filmed the other movies nominated were suspected of being communist at the times. I remember that. Yeah. Well, I don't remember, <laughs> but I just remember hearing like learning about that. And so it's like they just found like the only movie they could find that they couldn't tie to any like communist <laughs> thing, and they're like. Yeah, that one won. And I'm like, you guys are fucking wrong. It's not, okay, but here's the thing. It's not a bad movie. It's, it's just, just so feel, fucking boring. It's like, the scenes where they're not doing circus acts are actually Yeah, they're okay. fine. Yeah, like, th- th- those are watchable. Like, you're sitting there watching the story, and you're like, yeah, this is pretty good. Yeah. You know, and then there's just like, eh, we're going to go back into them pulling up the tents for another 10 minutes. You're like, fucking great. Yeah, every, oh, we already like, fucking saw like, this. It, see, what happens, it goes like 25 minutes of putting up tents and circus acts, and then... Five, five, minutes, minutes yeah, five minutes of dialogue. Five minutes of dialogue and like, interesting no, things. No, 25 minutes of circus acts. It's literally just back and forth, and it's like, there's not enough good in between the bad. Yeah, and then you have that stupid, like, well, I'm going to one-up you on that stage. And oh it's like, gosh, I know. get the fuck over yourselves. Like, fuck's sake. Every time Sebastian came on stage, everybody's like, Sebastian, oh my god, I love you. We're sitting there like, he's not even doing anything that impressive. Yeah, he's just like, he just looks <laughs> He's like, I'm good. swinging off a bar. Oh, look no, at he, me. It's like, He has cool, muscles. Man. He has muscles and a good strong jaw. Like, I can sit... On a uh, chair while on a bar. Like, cool, dude. I don't think this is what would interest me if I went to the fucking circus. Like, right. if, I mean, the circus is not even a huge, a huge thing these days anymore. I'm no, sure I'm going to get flack for that. But No, it's really not. Like the Well, like, not to me or you probably, but I'm sure I'm sure I'll say that and somebody's going to come out and be like, well, the circus is a big thing, man. Well, I love the circus. Like, what circus do you go to? Most of them are shut down. <laughs> oh, you can see. I was like doing that meme where a guy, guy holds his finger up and goes like, wait. <laughs> but no, like, um, the, the, the love... In, the love I don't even know if I want to call it a triangle. Like, the fuck is it? Like a trapezoid? Like, I don't know. It's a but square? Like, they all just, favorite, like, four people going back and forth to each other? Like My favorite part of the movie was about Buttons the Clown. Dude, um, James Stewart, he played Buttons. He's so good. It was really, it was really interesting. At least the parts with him. I cared a lot about, like, that. Because, like, he, he was just very comedic and, um... It is kind of weird to know that he went from It's a Wonderful Life to, like, playing <laughs> Buttons the Clown. It's a like, Wonderful Life. Buttons the Clown! <laughs> but, like... His stuff was super, like, interesting. Like, I was really interested in his backstory, like, his, like, character. And then he just, like, he played background role. They didn't even really bring up what he did, except for, like, he, they brought it up, but they didn't make a big deal about it. Right. But, like, oh, yeah, well, you did that. Well, guess oh, well. we could real sure use a doctor right now. It's like. He's like, oh, well, I'm a doctor. Like, and then he just gets, like, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. Like, he just becomes, like, a background character. Like, yeah, it made me much. so upset. And then, like, the lead guy, I was like, I don't, I don't like you. So would you would you recommend anyone no, seeing I want this? It. You know what movie for people that people that are cinephiles and know like older film? Do you know what movie came out this year that did not even get nominated for Best Picture? What's that? Singing in the Rain. Right, and that was based off of American Paris, right? It's like it, it's the it uh, it came out with uh, the year after American Paris, but like it had Debbie Reynolds, it had Gene Kelly. It was so good. It's still talked about today. Communism. People are I, still, I don't know, actually. <laughs> people are still like, that's like one of the best musicals ever made. And instead they're like, greatest show on earth. I'm like, you guys are wrong. 
The greatest show on earth is definitely not the greatest movie on earth. Let's no, no, that. no. And it, it makes me really nervous to watch other films about circus, like The Greatest Showman. I'm like, I don't know if I'm okay. Gonna... I'm gonna. I really need to watch that. And I just heard it's great. And I'm, I've I, heard it's, it's great because... too. But now it's like it's a circus film. If it's anything like this circus film, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> My main thing driving me to see that is Hugh Jackman. That's the only reason. I knew that was your only reason. That's the only reason. I don't care about the film other than Hugh Jackman in that film. So that's but why I want to see I, it. I just haven't yet. I, I think I've only seen like three I I circus it. films. I own it. I, I think I've only seen like three circus films, and that's like um, Dumbo, Dumbo. Oh, they don't count. And the Greatest Show on Earth. And... Dumbo is just Disney. <laughs> I mean, not well, actually the the, the um, well, there's not the live action one is not that good. No, I did not, not like that. But no. the, the original one, that's just like a Disney film. Dude, I was like, like, you can seventy minutes and twenty minutes of it is just a trippy acid trip. But I just I don't know, man. Like this is this does not feel like it should have deserved Best Picture that year. Like you like there's other movies that came out this year that are way better than this. Yep, I definitely agree. Well, with that down and out of the way, let's move on to a film I've been putting off for uh, the longest time, but finally had a chance to see it on the big screen. Uh, it's the 1980s Stanley Kubrick film, horror film, The Shining. Uh, the Shining is about a man named Jack Torrance who becomes a winter ter- ter- er, caretaker at the isolated Overlook Hotel in Colorado, hoping to cure his writer's block. He settles in along with his wife, Wendy, and his son, Danny, who is plagued with psychic premonitions. As Jack's writing goes nowhere and Danny's visions become more disturbing, Jack discovers that the, ho- the hotel's dark secrets and begins to unravel into a homicidal maniac hell-bent and terrorizing his family. Bryce, I'll have you start since you've seen this one before. Have your thoughts changed at all? That synopsis it? really makes it sound more interesting than what it was. You know what? I like more action-packed, I guess. Not, not oh, less more interesting, but okay, like, yeah. he's like terrorizing his family. I'm like, he really doesn't do much the last 30 minutes. Though. Here's <laughs> Johnny! <laughs> right, exactly. That was the big... Like, it was... Watching it the second time, because this is this was my second time watching it, it was like, the intro's really long. That's one of my things that took away. I was like, man, they take a long time getting up there. And I guess, sure. like, it, it builds up the suspense, but, like, it's just still so pointless. Because, like, like, it doesn't lead to anything other than him just walking in the hotel. It's like, there's not, like, a scare or anything. It's just like, all right, you're going to spend, like, a ten-minute-long show of him driving up a mountain. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, once, like, the movie doesn't actually, I, I feel like it doesn't really get started until, like, halfway through the film. Because it's a lot of, like, um, introducing characters, which is normal for every film, but normally they get done in, like, 30 minutes. But this took, like, 45 minutes just to get, like, to the hotel. Okay. And then, like, you don't really see him do anything other than just yell at his wife the entire film. <laughs> or, like, oh, hate get back in the kitchen to make me a sandwich. Don't come in here unless I talk to you. Yeah, it's a like, lot of... wow, misogynistic lot of se- yeah. as fuck. <laughs> Sexist misogyny in that film, which is, is hard to watch, but also understandable for the time. Um, movie people at the time were just shitty people. People were. in general were shitty people. Yeah, it just I mean, even now they're shitty, but, but we're we're getting better. <laughs> we're, we're trying, anyways. Um, but so, well, I mean, did you enjoy it more or less than last time? What do you think? I think I enjoyed it less, honestly. That's fair. Because also, like, ever since I saw it my first time, I also saw like Doctor Sleep since then. I've oh yeah, watched yeah. a lot more Stephen King films since then. I think this was probably my second Stephen King film I'd ever watched. Okay. So like, well, based on Stephen King, right, 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 not right. directed by Stephen King. Understood, but. It's just, it felt like I wasn't used to his writing at the time, so it made me more like, wow, this is so interesting. And after watching, like, Doctor Sleep and The Green Mile and Shawshank Redemption and a bunch of other films based on his, like, works, I'm like, The Shining's not that interesting. Wait, Shawshank Redemption is based on Stephen King stuff? Yeah. I did not know that. I like Shawshank yeah. Redemption. Um, <laughs> but The Shining, okay, so I'm going to preface this no, no, with... No, since you, you have not seen it before this. Right. <clears throat> your your take's probably a lot more... Um, Non-biased. Because you like, yeah. went in with a fresh take, a so fresh look. my precognition about this film was that it was super slow. 
Um, and I was expecting to myself to be bored out of my mind and sitting there in my butt hurt. And I just wanted to wishing I was going to leave. That's all I, I, that's what I was expecting. Um, and that's kind of why I put it on this long is because I just never really thought there was going to be much interest in it. And, I, and especially being an older movie, I didn't think it was going to be able to hold up knowing it's, I know it's from 1980 and a lot of some of my favorite films are from the 80s. But, uh, this is a slower it's film like, from the 80s. Right. And, and honestly, I didn't find it as slow as what I thought I was going to. No, it's, it's not, I, mean, I don't want to say it was a slow film, but it was like suspenseful. Right, it's, I mean, built, but it's see, well, like... a lot of the time people use slow as a derogatory term these days. It's very a uh, negative thing to be slow. But there's a difference between a slow burn and a slow um, pacing, a slow yeah. pacing of a movie where it's just like this uh, This is dragging on and it needs to move on versus when they're building something up, you know, and they're building that yeah, suspense and the, inside. Yeah, the way you. they do it in The Shining makes his, like, eventual fall. means so much more to me, exactly. Yeah, you, feel, you feel like, because even, you feel it more than you would if he was just like, 20 minutes and be like oh i'm gonna hunt you down for the rest of the movie yeah i mean honestly it was actually pretty uh creepy not to the point where i was like you know oh my god i'm scared but it's but it was very creepy very um so i w- i would say this is more of like a psychological horror oh, for me anyways um and this is a, this is an example of, a, of what i would think would be a good psychological horror movie versus that no and it, it makes other... it it makes it worse because like you see like the hotel in a way playing tricks on jack and his wife jack jack and uh what's her name Wendy? Wendy. I, for some reason, I was thinking of the actress's name, and I was just like, oh. it's not Shelley Duvall. It's not, <laughs> that's not the character. But um, you see the hotel, like, playing with them. They, like, messing with them. Like, when uh, the bathroom spirit chokes Danny. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you have not seen The Shining by now, th- you have no reason not to know about spoilers. It's like, yeah, it's no, too, no, it's no, too I, late. <laughs> I mean, honestly, but the, well, see, that's the thing. There's no spoilers in this film. But I mean, because there's, I mean, there's nothing really to even spoil. There's no, like, big surprises. I mean, you already yeah, know. Yeah, like, it's, it's basically common knowledge by now. Like, yeah, anyone who knows knowledge. about... Who's heard of the Shining? I mean, everybody's seen the, the Here's Johnny scene. Everybody knows the guy walks through with an act. I, I mean, there is a, some cool scenes. I mean, I've never... Read, but, but there's nothing, like, that is going to break overly, the film, yeah. if you know. So, but, like, you see Danny, like, getting choked by the ghost, and then it's like, she starts blaming Jack. And you see Jack, like, not quite to the snapping point. Right. But you see him, like, angry because he's being blamed for something he didn't do. Like, he's like, I didn't fucking do it. The kid did to himself because he honestly like that's what he believes because he's like it's one of those things like, tricked with him. You, it's not like someone entered his body and all of a sudden he's possessed. It's like it was a it was like a slow descent into madness and that's what I like, loved about it. Yeah, because it's like it's isolation. It's it's, it's isol- but it's even it's even like it, it's almost like it would have happened to him regardless if he was there or not. Yeah, it, it like because he was already like. Uh, how do you think your wife has suddenly reacted to the place with the isolation? I don't oh, they'll love care. it. <laughs> <laughs> they'll love it. <laughs> it's not about them. It's about me. Um, you, like you see the hotel start playing on his insecurities and like how he wants things to be. Like he like gets mad at uh, Wendy because he's like, you know, you you've been held, you've been holding me back. And then, you know, I feel like that's something that happens with uh, most marriages is they have those kind of arguments. Like you know, if I had never married you, I wouldn't be where I am now. I'd be ha- I'd have more freedom to do right. what I want to do. Like, this is what held me back. And he blames her for the fact that he hasn't succeeded. And, like, you see the hotel start breaking their securities down. They're no longer just, like, waking up like, oh, hey, honey, how's it going? You're like, god damn it, you're still here. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Now, I do want to also follow up with um, Dr. Sleep, which I had the chance. I I watched the next day. Uh, I don't want to go too, too much into it. but it is a newer film, and it's pretty pretty well worth watching. It it definitely is well worth watching. Especially if you've seen The Shining. Um, But I had, I I wanted to see it when it came out in theaters, but I hadn't seen The Shining when it came out, when Doctor Sleep came out in theaters, so I didn't go see it. But I was like, and I just watched Shining, and I was like, okay, now it's time for me to watch Doctor Sleep. And it's a very, very, very different movie. It's almost like a whole different genre. I would, I mean, I know it's horror, it still is a horror film, but it's a modern horror. It's not, 
almost to the point where it's like it's like it. It's like it's very reminiscent of yes, the it yes. film. Yeah, Which I can see that. Basically how they're doing every Stephen King movie adaptation nowadays. Everything has to be like It because It was successful. I mean, it was good. But like, it wasn't my favorite thing. No, um, and I mean, like, I saw It four times in theaters. So, I love It. Awesome. The second one, not so much. The first one, I love It. I love It. It. Haha. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> yeah, especially with Ewan, Ewan McGregor. No, um, and he Obi-Wan holds himself. that movie up. He does. Yeah. Like, if he was not cast And that kid, movie, though. I forgot. I don't know her name. I have no clue what her name is. But, but she was, but she was really great. Good too. Yeah. That, one, that movie did not have worked if you had a younger, a better, uh, not as good the, as a good uh, actor. Here's the sad thing about Doctor Sleep, though. It bombed at the box office. It has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it bombed at the box office. You know, I, I think a big thing has to do with that, that it came from a movie that came from the that's, 1980s. That that's was, exactly what all the right. like um, an, analytical critics have stated. They're like, we don't know why it's not doing well. It has good reviews. Everything's going really well. But they're they're like, we, we liken it to the fact that it's a sequel to a movie that came out 40 years ago. And modern 20-year-old target demographic, because the target demographic for most films right now is like 18 to 26. Right. That's the, that's the age they're going for. So they're like, most of them probably haven't seen The Shining because it's 40 years old. And none of them like, have gone to it, even though it is an iconic film. Which I'm guilty as... I was not seeing it until I was like nineteen. Yeah, like I said, I just watched it for the first time in the day, so I, I'm in the same boat. It's not that I thought it was a. It's not that I thought it was going to be a bad film. It's just because I never thought it would be a particularly interesting film, and it was just something that I was going to yeah, have to watch like, and just say I watched, and not something that I would be enjoyed that I actually watched. Yeah, so, it's a it's a film you spend your whole life hearing about, but it's not a film you like. You want to go out of your way to watch. Exactly. But then when you do watch, you're like, wow, holy shit! I should have watched that earlier. Right. Right. But then like Doctor Sleep came out, and it's like, yeah, it's a sequel to to the movie. The Shining, not the book. That's totally different two entities because The Shining is not a, like like a faithful adaptation of the book, and Stanley Kubrick wanted to do his own thing. And Stephen King hated that adaptation, the adaptation of The Shining. He thought it was the worst adaptation of any of his. Of any of his One books. of those things. Okay, whenever I hear about an author, and this this is coming from somebody who writes for a living, uh, well, not a living. I do other things for a living, but <laughs> I will write for a living at some point. Um, I do. I've always hated when somebody sells their book or something, and they're like, "Oh, I don't like that adaptation. I don't, I don't approve." I'm like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> well, the problem is that no one, like, he, no one even like, like, went up to Stephen King and tried to get like his viewpoint on anything. They trying. Stanley Kubrick was like, "I'm doing things my way because I'm the director, and this is my fucking movie." You know, and another thing that I always like to mention is that these. Uh, so, well, people can always give the credit for the director for the story. But a lot of times, like, the director doesn't even, like, come up with a story. It's like... No, the, he's just there to keep everything running. The writers, yeah, exactly. It's like, he doesn't even, like, line up the shots. He, the cinematographer does that. Like, the director is just there to be overseeing the whole A thing. lot more lately, you see the director more involved in writing and, and the story process. I'm sure they're Bong. involved. Yeah, oh, God, Bong Joon-ho. He's amazing. Um, but, uh, but no, like, and, and, you know, The Shining has a lot of things behind the whole, like, filmmaking behind it. Right. Like, um, the, 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 the iconic scene of the Helivators gushing with blood. They put that I in trailers. That. Do you know that they that there's not supposed to be any violence in like the trailers like that back in the day? Oh, I didn't you know how that. they got away with it? Oh. Stanley Kubrick told them it was Kool-Aid. Oh my god, that's <laughs> that's awesome. Well, actually, and that's another thing. I I've seen that scene plenty of times or I you know, as growing up that the blood coming out of the elevator is, you know, it's very it's iconic. It's iconic and yet it's still how draws me in and it, it creeped me out when it happened in the movie i'm like i don't know how this is happening yeah, i, I recognize like, this but i was like it's creepy when i'm watching it right you here see, you see that guy the dog lifts his head in that room and just look at it and you're like that's fucking weird <laughs> it's 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 one of those things and that that's i think this is why i really enjoyed this movie is because even the scenes where i already knew they were coming and i already knew they were going to happen um especially they're like here's johnny's unsettling. scene they're still unsettling and they're still impactful to me and i think that's a testament to how good the movie is is that it's not about what you know it's not about spoiled it still does it still affect you yeah and then uh there's, there's even more nightmare shit like 
uh, Shelley Duvall and like all the scenes where like the wonder she's backing up the elevator swinging the bat I mean like get back Jack stay away Jack oh my God. that's not her talking to the character that's her talking to Jack right like Stanley Kubrick had her work like all day sometimes on one scene yelling at her telling her it wasn't good enough do better you could do better like well, screaming she's not at a great her. actor so. and then she'd be sitting there crying and like getting ready to pass out and looking weak because she was well no actors <laughs> have to go through that I mean I mean I'm sure other actors have gone through worse uh, ahem uh, apocalypse now was that we watched? No, what did we watch that was on the top? The top. Cannibal Holocaust? Oh, yeah. Cough, cough. Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> but um, still, uh, there's a... There's a... T- yeah, I don't think she was... A, I didn't like her character. I'll be honest with no, you. No, and, you know, Shelley Duvall, and as lovely as a person as she probably is. Sure. She... Like, she's only been, like, three movies I know of. Like... Like, she scared me more than he did Jackie half the time. No, and, like, she... she <laughs> Just was, from uh, the way she was she acting. Played, she played Olive in uh, the Popeye movie with Robin Williams. So she played the love interest. Interesting. Uh, she was also in this other movie. What was it called? I think it was called Three Women. It okay. came out. I don't remember what it, who who else was in it, but I know she was in it. I think. I think the right movie. And then The Shining. She really hasn't done much. Makes sense. But she's yeah, got. I, mean, I think they only picked her for this role because she had such a uh, average kind look, of like yeah. yeah. Which is honestly that's why I, I appreciate that. But God, did you see how though. fucking tall she is? I did she not. was like freakishly tall, man, and that's not mean. That's not a mean thing to say, but like she was like every time yeah, she was in a scene sense. with someone else, she's like either above them or at the same height. And I was like, that's really unsettling. Like when you see her like going in a room and she's like following like um Jack around and like she's taller than Jack, and you're like, I didn't even think about oh. that. Maybe it's just like, just, I, but that's oh yeah, I guess you're right. I didn't. That, she's that tall, sense. lanky, plain looking. Like it makes sense why she was cast. And then like um Jack Nicholson like. Hey, you want to be in this movie? He's like, yeah, all right. So, <laughs> my verdict, and I'll let you decide yours. But if you haven't ever seen The Shining, and um, I would, I would go just go watch it. Um, just take the time to take the two hours so, to watch it. It's so worth watching. It really is. Even if like you're not into horror movies, like this is right. a movie that even I agree. If, you, if you're into film, if you want to like broaden your horizons or just like you've, you've heard about this film your entire life, this is one of the ones. Watch it. Yeah, this is one of the ones. Even if you're not like a huge film lover, I feel like this it, is it's a really good film to just to at least. It, one of the things about film is like even if you're not a huge like cinephile like me, me or Bryce, you still have the ability to talk to other people about movies, no matter what walks of life you come from. Yeah, and everybody's seen The Shining. Everybody's <laughs> seen. You know, I mean, it's like you, you can talk about anything, um, and that's is or anything related to movies. You can bring up like the the newest Avengers, and everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, I've seen that." <laughs> yeah, I was like, I mean, maybe they not might not like it as much as you, or maybe you know, but they they've seen movies you probably seen. That's and, and that's one of the things The Shining is something that. Film connects easy, us. <laughs> it connects us together. And that's one of the things I feel like The Shining is one of those films that connects us together more th- more so than some other ones. So I would definitely ch- recommend watching this. And then watch Doctor Sleep if you really like The Shining. Because it is a good yeah. sequel. It's just not the same I would type. say even if you don't like The Shining, to watch Doctor Sleep. Because it's it's such a different film and ha- has such a... but And it's so unique compared to The Shining that I feel like you would appreciate um, Doctor Sl- Shining even a little bit more after seeing Doctor Sleep. Stephen King did. Right, yeah, he did exactly. Stephen, he's um, like, the do- he's like, Doctor Sleep changed my perception on, like, uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Right, exactly. Because it was just, it was just like, such a good movie, even though it bombed. I don't which know is why usually it one of those, <laughs> which is usually weird because most times sequels make the first one worse. But yeah, this one worked really well. It did. It just like it just didn't do well because nobody has seen The Shining apparently, or no one knew what Doctor Sleep was about. Right, makes sense. Even though it was such a good movie. <laughs> well, with our thoughts on The Shining dwindling into the void of infinite content. We move on to a new Netflix film that dropped recently, um, and by recently I think a few days ago. 
Uh, it's a drama slash thriller titled The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, this film is based on the infamous 1969 trial of seven defendants charged by the federal government with conspiracy and more arising from the counter-cultural protests in Chicago at the 1968 Democratic National Convention. The trial transfixed the nation and sparked conversation about mayhem intended to undermine the U.S. government. So, um, in English, basically it was about a protest um, at a convention for politics. Uh, and uh, basically it got a little out of hand. Um, some people were killed, injured. And these were the... There there are seven people, seven not specifically seven people, ring but leader, seven ringleaders that they were... Um, well, eight if you want to get technical. Right, eight if you want to get technical, but really it was only seven because the other yeah, reasons we'll get into well, exactly <laughs> uh, that were put on trial because they said they were they were there to incite violence and this was their fault that this all this happened and um, basically the movie is the trial about that case. It's the trial trial and there's also some snippets in in there that uh, hark back on what uh, happened in the movie. So, uh, Bryce, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you on this one first. What? Uh, because you recommended it to me, I did. Um, and I wasn't I didn't even have this on the radar at all. Um, so I'll, I'll go what into did you think? I'll go into how I found this first. Sure. So I I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos on Oscar predictions because I I just started getting into the Oscars and like the this year's Oscars were the first ones I ever like watched. So I was like, you know, I wonder what's gonna be coming out in the Oscars next year. What's gonna be nominated? And there was a lot of people predicting that this movie was gonna be nominated for Best Picture. A lot of people. Like, it's in basically everybody's list. It has been since it got announced. Okay. I had no clue what this would be about. I honestly thought, like, it was going to be about a fire department. <laughs> like That makes sense, Chicago 7. I don't know why that makes sense to me, but it does. But it just, That's just, that's where my mind was at. And so, um, it, I saw it dropped, and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this. And I was at, I, I was working in a 14-hour shift. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, on my breaks, because I had to take long breaks, I'm going to watch this movie. So I was sitting there, and I was watching it, and I was like, man, this is really good. And, you know... After I finished the movie, I was like, Mitchell, you need to watch this movie. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I guess, because he was off. And I was like, you got you got time. You need to watch this movie. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I harassed him all day about it. I was like, you're going to watch Chicago 7? I'm like, dude, I was like, I was like fine. Like, Jesus. <laughs> you're like, I'm watching other things. I'm like, watch this child of Chicago 7. It's so good. <laughs> but, I, like, it, the cast, phenomenal. Yep. Yeah, the um, acting, phenomenal. The uh, the story, it's heartbreaking. And it really I, I say that with, like, um... You know, in hindsight, you look at the, like what we're doing today with the 2020 like Black Lives Matter movement, the protests, the civil rights still still going on. Sure, and that's what this movie is about. Yeah, which wasn't planned, right? Because <laughs> this movie's been in production since 2007. I mean, it's it's about it's about that also combined with you know the Vietnam War, the one Vietnam, who's yeah, stopping so it's the a Vietnam very, War. But it's but it's more it, it, it's, it's shocking how relevant it is today. Like even the events about in this the, film, exactly. Even if uh, it's about the Vietnam War. Versus the the movements that are going on now and how how important they are it's, and it's what like side see, of the government seems to be on. Sometimes. Yeah, you see the you see the police violence. You see the like the protesters getting beat up in nightclubs and stuff. And you're like you're in your head like at least I was. I was like that's happening today. Right. I was like, like you, this you're, is you're thing is like, like, history doesn't. I mean, it's not history, but it's just like you think it's changed, but it really hasn't. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing's changed in fifty years, which is almost like infuriating in 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 and of itself. Because you're, um, like, you're watching this and you're seeing like these uh these teenagers trying to like quote-unquote change the world you right know? and they're like you know we're we're here we're protesting we're trying to do what's right and then you see police show up and beat them over the heads of nightclubs and beat their skulls in and tear gas and you're like that's so parallel to what's happening right now yeah right exactly and this is well, this this movie and the reason i enjoyed it so much 
uh, is because it doesn't it it makes the situation of what's going on like just very um, relatable, and uh, it just seems like, like it makes it seem like it's it was more well, it is important. Like I've never heard of this before today. Like this. yeah, I had no clue about this. And what's, what what even blew my mind more is like um these people like two of the members from the Chicago Seven are still alive today. Like. Right, they're still they're still here. It's not yeah. that long ago. It's not like when, when, a lot of times when people think about history and and you know, watch things about history, you think okay, that's not you know like that's history that those people aren't here, but they are around. They're still. It's it's like when you uh, when you think of Martin Luther King and Anne Frank, and you learn that they're born the same year. Totally different points of history. Wow, but they they were born the same year. So you just you don't put it into context and say this is happening right now. Still, it's not something. Well. Yeah, I mean, this, this yeah, is something and, uh, that didn't happen too long ago because they're still here with us. Yeah, and like Tom Hayden, you know, the the guy who uh, Eddie Redmayne played. Sure, and he uh, he died last year. Like it's not it's not like it was that long right. ago. Like they're older in their eighties. And that's do something I do want to. Um, Eddie Redmayne, he's the guy that plays Newt's Newt's, Commander. Yep, in Fantastic Beasts. Oh, so good in this film. Dude, he did. He I don't want to say he carried it, but he like no he, he can, did a lot of work in this film. <laughs> Uh, well, that's the thing, though. You can't say anybody carried this no, film because, because they're everyone, all so phenomenal. Yeah. The only people I would say didn't do much was the uh, the two people that were there just to be scapegoats. Oh, that's because they, it wasn't about them, right? They weren't the ones in the limelight. They were yeah. gonna go, they were they were gonna get off anyway. Why were they like they're not the center? But then you had like the the uh, Abby. You had uh, his the other guy who's part of the Yippie. Forget his name. Uh, uh, you had yeah, Tom right. Hayden. You had the his friend with the, the dicks, like the glasses. One of the guys in the Yippie slash I think it's Yippie thing. Yeah, they were the guy that plays Borat. I've never yeah. seen Borat, but that's... Like, I recognized him. Right, me too. I was like, he looks really familiar. Looks at photography. I'm like, oh! And, you know, another person that did a really good job and that probably get overlooked by all the rest of the cast and because he played the villain was the judge. The judge was so good. Like, as you think about just from a pure acting standpoint, like, not the character and what happened in the movie, but it's just like, yeah, it's so like believable. That's, that's a, like, a lot of things nowadays, it's really rough to play a character like that. Right. Like, especially if it's, it goes against your belief. I don't know if the actor, I'm assuming, it went against his belief. Like... I mean, he. I also he can look at his age. He probably grew up hearing about this stuff. Probably, yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's one of those other things is like you, you think about actors that like uh, that played Bryce in Thirteen Reasons Why. Um, he's had a hard time with just backlash against his. It just hate, when everybody sees him, they just instantly hate him. Or you can think you have about to play um, the villain. You exactly. You think about uh, Joffrey from from uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah, then, and that, uh, that actor got like the, I want to say blacklisted from Hollywood, like no one cast him anything but villain roles. Yeah, did. exactly because it's, it's one of those things. Like when you play a villain role, it's just like everybody hates you. It, well, when the, when you do it good, everybody hates you. But you did this, or even Homelander did this to some point in in um, uh, the, the boys. boys. I've heard exactly. a lot of things about that. I don't watch um, that show, but I've heard about that. Although the Homelander is, I like I like Homelander a lot, except for the parts where, be, where he became a racist piece of shit. But that's just me. But no, um, um, yeah, no, the the cast is phenomenal. Like uh, jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh yeah, he was so good as the prosecutor. And, and honestly, and the, even even their so, so, uh, supportive side characters, they have Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton was a <laughs> Show, side character. Shows up five minutes oh, in the yeah. movie, but every moment he just stole the whole movie. Yeah, and then he doesn't even get like revealed to like fifty minutes in. Yeah, exactly. An hour, no, like an hour and five minutes in. Like it's over halfway through the film, and they're like, like Michael Keaton. I've never like, been. Oh, <laughs> I, okay. So my first thing with Michael Keaton, I think, was Birdman. I watch. You guys are watching that next Damn. week. Oh, I'm not watching that next week. Or, or, yeah, we are. Yeah, Never mind, you guys are watching that next week. It's that's what that's a best picture winner. I watched Birdman probably off, like a year or two ago. Um, I won't be able to join you obviously this week because I have my the original Batman. I have not seen the original Batman. Yeah, I've not. Seen I'm the seriously going to reconsider my movie pick. <laughs> you know, I, I have it's, not it's seen like the it's Batman. there. I'm like, 
That's Jack Nicholson as the Joker, Michael Keaton. Like, yeah, I haven't seen the those fuck? yet. <laughs> so my first my first interpretation of uh, Michael Keaton was from Birdman. I like sort of. I it was Birdman was okay. I enjoyed it, but um, then I saw him in Spider Man Homecoming, which was good. But this one is really the film where I've seen him do something that's like not in the wow. Yeah, like it's just like he wowed me in this movie. That's why like, he hasn't wowed me anything else. Like I think there's a specific scene in Homecoming with like the green lights and everything that was like really you know um, well chilling to me. But yeah, it was more well shot than it was acted. You know, um, no, I am. Um, I, I really like Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was like, you haven't seen Batman? What? I have not. I know, like, that's why it's crazy to say, but that, I have not seen I was Batman. Like, when I was a kid, he was like, um, he was the first Batman I ever watched. Is it weird to say that I don't even like the Dark Knight series that much? That's 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 taboo. Can't say that. I know that's why I said <laughs> it, but I was like, I don't even like it that much. No, but like the the original Batman, like I remember being like five years old, going to the flea market, and I found a VHS copy. That's like my first. I feel like I just threw my whole like just every like everybody was kicking my opinions. Just probably doesn't care now. It's like oh he doesn't like the Dark Knight. Oh he's just just go fuck him. <laughs> okay, I don't really like the Batman Begins or the Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight I like I like Heath Ledger. I don't like. Well okay, I'm not gonna Charles. say. Well, I'm also, not, not about Batman. We're talking about um, yeah, we're talking Charles Chicago, Chicago Seven. Let's not get sidetracked here. It's too easy. Batman um, Batman's a very. Uh, Bad subject to get into is too much. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll be on that forever. And don't get us started about superheroes. But no, uh, the, the trial of Chicago Seven it it blew me away. It was nothing like I thought it was going to be. Here's why I enjoyed it so much because they took a subject that I didn't care about and had nothing no nothing about inside of a courtroom, and it was beautiful. Like, yeah, it, it made you like at least made me look it up. I was like, hold up, like is this a real thing? And I looked it up. I was like, you gotta be kidding me, right? Like uh. A couple facts from the that got omitted from this film. Uh, when they got their case finished, they had the entire defend like all the uh, defendants mm-hmm. and their lawyers had to cut their hair. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's that just, was what the judge made them do. It just kind of messed up what what the, like this the the system made. Yeah, uh, like, and then allowed, the, allowed. the chief of police in Chicago actually held up Abby's hair as a trophy. Ugh! It's just, like it's went disgusting. on a podium and was like, "Yeah, it's like, dude, that's fucked." But this is so. I'm gonna read my review for the Trial of Chicago Seven. Um, I gave it four and a half out of five stars. Uh, just almost there, but just not like yeah. Five you gave stars. It half star more than I did. Exactly. <laughs> so I said it takes a strong director to make a courtroom drama as enriching and provoking as this. Not all justices are approached equal. Not all cases are set right, and this movie is evident of that. But even in the midst of indi- indictment or indictment. They were still able to bring forth a message that went above their sentence and spoke to the truth as to what it means to be an American, what it means to be human, even amongst tyranny. What it means to be a patriotic, even when the patriarchy tells you that you're doing it wrong. If this movie came out any other year, it'd easily be a contender for Best Picture at the Oscars. And the only reason I said that is because, well, I have, a different, I have a different opinion about what the Oscars should be this year. No, I agree with you. I just don't think we're going to skip it. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> no, I, um, I found this to be um, astonishing to watch. These these men were put in a corrupt court. They already knew they were going to be found guilty. Right. That's one of the first things they tell you after like after the court trial begins. Is they know they're going to be found guilty. They 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 know it. They're they're not there to try to fight the sentence. They're there to try to make a statement about what they're what's happening to them is a fucked up thing about like the right. government about what's ha- about what the police are doing to people. Like they even have evidence that are like yeah we weren't the ones that did that did it and you know this is just them trialing us out of spite. Right. Like, they have evidence about that, and it still happens anyway. So it's not about... It's less about them trying to prove their innocence, because they already know they're innocent. They've already proven they're innocent. No one cares. It's... Well, we don't, I don't, I don't want to get too much of the story. I mean, obviously, because, but but it's um because I want you guys to go out and see Yeah, this. it's an amazing film. 100%. Uh, but... Uh, but, like, 100%. Like, I... 
If this gets nominated for Best Picture, I'll be happy. If it wins, I'll be happy. You know what? Uh, but I mean, that's a diff- yeah. I mean, that's definitely. I'm also like, to have, but yeah, that, that's closer for next April um, <laughs> when the Oscars are more in line. We'll I have do... to have a discussion at some point about um, our thoughts on the or my thoughts on the Oscars and, and how you feel about it. I just, um, I, I, I hope this gets nominated if it, the Oscars do happen. Sure. I is one of the better movies that I've seen this year. Yeah, no, like it is easily hundred percent up there. Easily my favorite movie of the year. I, I mean, there's Words nothing else. Ba- it's better than Words and Bethlehem. Yeah, gave Words and Bethlehem five stars. This only has four and a half. That really? You did. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you right now. This was easily. I mean, it's one of those things. Like you can, you can it's rate something top higher for this year. I mean, I don't think Bethlehem should be five stars, but that's just me. <laughs> You gave five stars. I know, even the time I did, but like thinking back on it, I was like, probably shouldn't be. Um, no, but it made us cry like it did. four it, or five I, times. It really like... did. And it was a great movie. Well, I don't know. It's one of those things, like five stars for me is like reserved for something like... I normally get five star movies that made me cry, not gonna lie. If it uh, makes me cry, that means it was really emotional. Like a movie that I'll, I'll get to here a little bit later that we watched for our movie night, or, or for our... We, our film first feature. Yes, and speaking um, of the next thing, because we've been discussing yeah, we Chicago 7 yeah. and we don't want to give it away, watch um, it. It's really good. Watch it really good. So, uh, after pressing pause on the small screen and falling back into a re- leather recliner with a bubbling cherry Coke, ready to experience cinema as it's meant to be presented, Bryce and I watched the uh, Academy Award winning uh, Bong, director Bong Joon-ho's 2003 thriller slash crime film, Memories of Murder. It follows two simple-minded detectives who are assigned to be to a double murder investigation in the South Korea province. When the murderer strikes several more times with the same pattern, the detectives realize that they are chasing the country's first documented serial killer. Relying on their basic ins- uh, skills and tools, the two attempt to piece together the clues and solve the case before the bodies pile up. The thriller is based on true events. Bryce, what are your thoughts? Now, this is my third Bong Joon-ho film I've watched. Uh, I found... The first one was Parasite, of course. Sure. Same. Then we watched. Uh, then we watched the host, which is pretty good. This movie, it, it's good. Don't be wrong. I'm not saying it's a horrible film. It's an amazing film. Like it is absolutely amazing. The only problem I found with it is it still feels like Bong hadn't found his like groove. His groove. He doesn't have his own flair style yet. Right. Like he's still working on what he wants to make, how he wants to make a film. And it's it's extremely watchable. But there's some things I'm like, if he made this today, it would be like infinitely times better. Do a hundred percent. Yeah, because like he, he would take he would take the stuff he learned from Parasite. And Parasite like grips you the like hundred percent of the time. There's right. there's not a moment in Parasite you're like, wow, this is kind of boring. But Memories of Murder has so much stuff in it. You're like, do we really need this? Like, um, I don't want to spoil anything because like it's it's just getting released in the U.S. Right for the first time. But um, you like there, two thousand three. There's a lot of like scenes in there that you're like, this isn't really prevalent to what's going on in like the the case. This is just like something they're right bringing in just to like continue the film, but it's really not relevant. And then they don't bring it up again. This is a film that is. A masterpiece by itself, but also you can see that it was made by an amateur director. Yeah, it's, his, or a, it's first, his, or a, a not, not necessarily amateur because he's he's a lot better than amateur, but a a um not, not as experienced, not, as, not as he's, um, still, he's still learning. Exactly, he's still learning. He's still getting his um, groove. He's still doing now, all the best. I am uh, gonna say that my wife learning. and I just ordered a Barking Dogs Never Bite, which is Bong Joon Ho's first film. Well, That'll be here Friday. We also watched uh, Okja, which was, came on Netflix in 2017, and that's another one of his films. So, like, we, my, my wife and I have seen all but, I think it's, like, two of his films right now. Uh, no, three, because we haven't watched Snowpiercer either. So, that's three what, of that's the what seven. I want to see. It's the Chris Evans um, 
film Snowpiercer. I mean, I say Chris Evans because that's the actor. That's the, but, that's the main guy. Exactly. But Bong Joon-ho is the director of that, which I didn't even know. Yeah, no. But, like, th- this one just, you feel like, I don't want to say amateurish, but you feel like he uh, he is a great director in this film. There's some beautiful shots. There is some great filmmaking. There, He helped write the story. I mean, it's just, he is he is such an amazing man. And but I, I would love to see him remake it, even if it's like, that would never happen, but I, I would, would love to see what I, he could do. I don't know if I want to see him remake this specific story, but I would want to see him do another crime thriller. Oh, 100%. I want thriller. like another detective film. With he would, it would be so good. And one of the things is, I don't I, I don't know if, uh, was, o- was Okja in um, Korean? Uh, it, was, it was mainly English film. Okay, but I wonder if Snowpiercer... I don't want him... I really enjoy Snowpiercer, his Snowpiercer films. is another, like, English-driven film. I really... So, like, uh, Okja and Snowpiercer are very Hollywoodish, Right. But, like, um, Memories of a Murder, The Host, Parasite, of course, they're all, like, they're all him. Like, he, he has a Korean, control. exactly. But, like, he gets in, like, Snowpiercer and Okja. You, you feel like he... Like, I haven't seen Snowpiercer, obviously, but with Okja, I felt like he, he was being suppressed by the studio. Like well, they, they or being really suppressed by having to adapt it into an English type format. Yeah, it's it's obviously not English it's not it's not what he marked. And that's one of the is. things I want to I want to see him do more films that aren't that aren't Americanized, Hollywoodized. I want him to do yeah, his own thing. Parasite was absolutely fucking phenomenal. It and was. Like, it helped bring foreign films into the limelight. I and that's one of the things I will forever be indicted for him for, and, and I will always love this dude, is because Parasite was probably my I honestly want to say it's my first foreign film. And I'm sure it was a lot of people's first yeah, foreign films. Mine. And that against what he says, that six inch barrier, that's all it takes between you and good stories, the, the, the tough subtitles. The, the issue with foreign films, I find, because like, as you and I are Americans and speak English, um, when, they, when they don't grip you right. in the story and you're like, it's distracting almost to have subtitles. Right, exactly. But Bong's films never seem to have that issue. It's almost me. like you forget you're reading. I don't know how he does it, but I was like, by the end of the movie, well, there's only that I assert myself, I catch myself, oh yeah, I'm reading subtitles. Yeah, I don't even they're, know. They're talking and you're like, you, you almost hear them say it. Right, like, you don't even need to read the subtitles. It just becomes one like melded piece that I'm just like... Which is something like, from I've seen a lot of foreign films now, and that, this is something that I've only seen Akira Kurosawa do a few times with movies I've seen, Ingmar Bergman do a few times, and Bong is like the master of this that's craft. What I, honestly, to me, that's... Like this, he's probably one of my favorite direct or more. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, the next just for that alone. Like, I, I, how do you translate a foreign? Or like, if not, they're not speaking like your language, but it, it feels like you are. Like, you're understanding everything they're saying. With, I mean, just by reading subtitles, and it's you know, it doesn't feel like you're reading subtitles. Now, I, I will, I will bring this up. Sure. That he is um working on a untitled Korean horror project right now. Which is beautiful. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's that's another thing. Though, is like I am so hyped for his next project. Like, anything he is, he is, I'm, he is I'm in there. the limelight. I'm there. And honestly, it's, it was opened up my uh, doors to see more foreign films. Um, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure I would have seen some of Seven Samurai, regardless of, of that. But but that I'm sure. Honestly, I think Paris might help me enjoy Seven Samurai a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, same thing. Same thing. My um, okay. So memories of a murder. Going back to you know, our subject. Sure. The shots that he uses are absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it feels well past his time. This came out in two thousand three. Yeah, hundred percent. Like this feels a, like it came out today. Like, there's it feels a like scenes, a shot today. There's a scenes of like uh, songs in the field, like the rice everywhere, like the rice fields, and he's sitting there, and it's all golden hue, and like the colors are vibrating off the screen. You're like, this is fucking gorgeous. It was a <laughs> it, gorgeous like, film. It, it, it like helps accentuate the beauty of South Korea. Right. Like, I feel. I feel like after seeing Bong Joon Ho's films, I think South Korea is one of the most beautiful countries in the world. With yeah. all their rolling fields, the, the, and everything's I feel like, so colorful, like it's so beautiful. And I'm interested to see seeing him do 
um, films outside of that that uh, setting, just because I want to see how he does it with other. Yeah, hundred percent. Because like with other places, how do how he makes other things seem more beautiful than they are? Yeah, because even in Parasite, like even when you get to like the grunginess of like the, the poverty ridden area. How did that, that even look beautiful? Even yeah, that, like, like the like, colors, I was, I was like, "Wow, that's fucking." Gorgeous. I was like, "I wouldn't want to live there," but like, it's just like it just seems so like pretty, pretty <laughs> yeah, pretty, exactly, just so authentic. And, yeah, and mem- memories of murder, like, and then again, more some of the like the real life stuff right now. Um, the the guy that the movie was made of, yeah, like, about the serial the killer, exactly. He was actually arrested in 1994 and was in prison for, I think they said 23 years, we, 22 years. Well, he, I guess. He was arrested. The movie took place no, in 1996, but he got arrested in 1994 for killing his uh, stepsister or sister-in-law. Well, I don't want to give away anything though, so I don't know. I don't know if it'd be a spoiler. But it's not. It's not in the movie. Well, no, I know, but well, anyways, I'll, but, I'll like uh, he in 2019, the serial killer was caught. Right, and so the movie is made in a way of like Bong talking to the serial killer at the time. Right, like because the, they didn't know who it was, so it's very, um, very personal. Like you, right. you feel bonds. Yeah, I guess like, it, I guess it's based off on a true story, so that's I mean, yeah, that's not really a spoiler, is it? Just finding out that they, well, I don't, I don't know. No, no, no. But I feel like at least I knew what about yeah. it. I, well, that's my thing. I went into the film knowing nothing, absolutely nothing. Honestly, I didn't even know what the movie's about. Like I did not know. <laughs> well, I just I researched it after I watched Parasite because ah, we were trying sense. to figure out how to watch it. But um, no, like I, it's it's a gripping story. And then uh, this is something cool that we got to see after the movie, which if you go see it in theaters, you'll be able to see. There was a cool interview with Edgar Wright and Bong Joon Ho after the film. Yep, there was, it was that was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, just he, them going back and forth between just history, two directors mm-hmm. just talking about film. Yeah, over Zoom, which was a little weird. Not gonna yeah, lie. Yeah, like the cutting out was a little little strange, but it was still like uh, Bong was so like so humble, man. This dude, this dude just won Best Picture, Best Director, yep. Best Screenwriter, yep. and he's still sitting there like. Yeah, Edgar, you're like a really great director. I love you. And you're like, you're so fucking humble, man. Yeah, no, like, no, holy shit. He's the cutest dude ever. Like, And that's one of the reasons dude, I love his, him so much. This smile, he's like sitting there, he's like, yeah, I'm a great guy. But like, look at all these talents in the world. I know, and you're exactly. like, you're so nice. How are you so nice? Even even when when the guy tells him he's amazing, you can just see in his eyes, he's like, I'm not that good. Like, guys, yeah, he's like, like, I'm not, like, like, have you looked at yourself? He's like, <laughs> well, well, and I think I think he has that same, same sort of... Um, candor or you know the same sort of feeling that i have it's like okay i i know where rod does good but stop telling me i get it like <laughs> well it's like uh it's like when he did his oscars when he won best picture he like standing ovation from where where says even when he's in the spotlight he he, he brings it to other people right exactly it's, like, it's more of like, like i'm good but look at all of you right exactly it's not about it's not about me it's about us it's like it's like goddamn bong you were the so i man. would <laughs> he's the sweetest dude uh, yeah, I'd recommend watching this for sure. I mean, even if it's um, you, I I will say it probably won't strike you as well as Paris. I did because I mean, obviously, it's, like, it's, 16, it's really all it is. Yeah, and it's sixteen years after or before Parasite, so right. he's still like his filmmaking still being refined, but it's still worth a watch. I will say my wife gave this a five stars and said it was a masterpiece. I gave it three and a half, but I also we were, gave Parasite we were a little four. bit more critical. It was only it was only the only thing that really that was just it was the pacing in some spots was just seemed out of place. It just seemed like there could have been yeah, a lot more a, cut. Yeah, there was a lot of things I was like, this really wasn't needed in here for the story. But it was it was gripping. It was a really good story. It was emotional. It's it's definitely worth a watch. Definitely. Exactly. Well, with our thoughts on the various content we watched throughout the week spiraling into the filmverse, let's move on to our filmverse feature. Each week before our podcast, we watch a film that the other person wants to share. Last week, I chose the 2000 sports-slash-drama Disney film, Remember the Titans. Uh, Remember the Titans is, I'll just read the synopsis here, uh, in Virginia, high school football is a way of life. As institution revered, each 
games celebrated more lavishly than Christmas. Each playoff distinguished more grad- grandly than any national holiday. And with such recognition comes powerful emotions. In 1971, high school football was everything to the people of Alexandria. But when the local school board was forced to integrate all black schools with all white school, the very, the very foundation of football's great tradition was put to the test. So basically, um, this is, was basically back when civil rights movements were still um, going on, which, I mean, I wish it's it's still, still it's still happening, <laughs> and it's bullshit that it's still happening because people, people, are, people are dumb. Yeah, people are dumb. Um, black Lives Matter. <laughs> um, that's, that's just that's the simple thing. But, and, but the movie... Um, I watched it first when I was in, uh, I want to say high school. It was like my first year of high school. I was in like ninth grade. And uh, they were like, we're going to watch a movie today. And I was like, oh, great. I was like, they never choose good movies. And then I was just enraptured. Like, I don't know. And it it instantly became one of my favorite movies. Um, And so that's why I wanted to show it Bryce because he said he'd never seen it. And he said he didn't like sports films. um, And he kept mistaking it for the blind side. I did. Which I was like, like, I swear, I would For like the last week, I was like, yeah, we're going to watch The Blind Side. He's like, no, remember The Titans. (laughs) Even even like uh, a few weeks ago, he's like, yeah, I ordered your favorite movie, The Blind Side. I'm like, Bryce, no, stop it. It's not okay. He's like, well, it's just, it's, they're all the same football movies. But I want to see how your opinion has changed from that, um, Bryce. So what did you think of the film? Okay, soundtracks are important. Yes, I will much. say that like uh, if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy, soundtracks are very important. This movie has one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. I agree. Like uh, the, the amount of like hype you feel when the song starts, just like the cast, charming. Every single every single character has their own flair about them. They're all unique. Blue was awesome. Yeah, I love Blue. He's probably one of my, he's probably one of my favorite characters. Um, the seeing Ryan Hurst as a young man really weird. Without the big beard from The Walking Dead, oh, a little strange. Hurst, yeah, but and then he, Ryan he Gosling, really good. Ryan Gosling, that was man, he was a twig. That was so weird. He has like he's not a man yet in that film. He's like a little twig dude. He's like up here, and you're like, that's not the same guy. He's strong side. Who is Who's in La La Land? That's, there's no way it's the same guy, but it is. It's a little weird. Frosted tips, you know, '90s kind of style. Yep. Even though it was the '70s when the movie was based, but whatever. Yeah, '70s, so, 1971. Um, yeah. The the film transpires. Sports, right? It's not about it's not about football, and that's coming from I don't like sports films, and the sports scenes didn't actually bother me. I was like, they're coming together, they're being a family, they're being a team. Right. I was like, yeah, and it was, See, it was about I mean. that's what it was about. It wasn't about exactly. like, yeah, we are we're playing some football. I mean, throw the ball exactly, exactly, and that's the thing for someone for me who's um, played football a lot when I was a kid. I really was interested to see how this, I, mean, I was hoping it would impact you in some way that was beyond football because it's really not, it, it was about football, but it was like. It's a backdrop. It's not there to be exactly. about football. And it's almost it's, crazy this this was a live, I mean, real story too, based on based on real life. It's just I will, like. I will say that as a, someone who doesn't play sports, has never played a sport. Except basketball, but that was middle school. Um, <laughs> shit was like Marine Corps and I was so scary for me. I was like, if I was a high schooler, you know, 17 years old or whatever, and I was going to yell out like, no, you don't get water. Get down and keep jumping until I say so. I was like, dude, that's fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I mean, it, that's definitely, um, I, mean, I mean, it's probably gotten a lot more lax since then because there's a lot of things you can't do now that you could do back then. Um, <laughs> as with a lot Run of two miles. No, you don't get a water break. You get a water break, but not say you get a water break. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's the main thing uh, is just that it was more of a spoke to human nature. Rather yeah, than rather than hey we're gonna play some football and, and dude, even like, the football scenes were 
more about just them working together and coming together. It's like uh, uh, when you see oh, what's his name? It starts with the B. Ryan Hirsch character, the uh, the the team captain. Oh, uh, Bar- not Barry. Barrett. Wait, you mean there's Julian, Julian, and uh, Gary. Julian Gary. I was thinking of his last name. Oh, okay. <laughs> but when you see like uh, Gary sitting there on the field and he starts like cheering on his like African American teammates instead of like he went he went from such a like a bigot character. Right. He was like. I don't want to sit on the bus with you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want anything to do with you. You know, all I want to do is like play the sport and like don't talk to you. I don't want to deal with you. To like, hey Julian, come meet my mom. Come eat dinner with me. I know. And it's like, damn. Broke up with his girlfriend. You know, the broke with his girlfriend just because that lost a you know split up with his, his old best friend. And, but you know what? He made a better one, so it's fine. <laughs> right? No, no, he definitely did. But that's my thing though is he was willing to leave his old road behind, not because it was the cool thing to do, because it was the right thing to do. It was yeah, hundred percent. And that's. And there's a lot of this. This whole movie is filled with just chock full of moments that are quirky and very not quirky, yeah, but it's uh, like very. A, um, it's like when clean. you see you see the one guy sit at the table with the uh, African American people, and they're like, "Go back to your own people." It's like, man, I don't got any people. You are my people. Yeah. We're all we're all the same here. And like they're like, "Yeah, he's just another one of us." And like they hug him, and they're like, "Yeah, man, we're we're all a team." And it's like, damn, it's <laughs> so cool. And even even moments like where um, after they win the game uh, against that one racist uh racist uh coach guy yeah and uh denzel washington gives him that banana because he called him a monkey earlier that was just like it's just also, it's just so smart it's just uh, all the, these things that they do and they always follow through on every single one of their um things just when you think it's gonna be some some joke that they have to throw away they follow up with it in the next scene and you, when you're not expecting yeah it's like the yo mama jokes right <laughs> they're like yo mama, what'd you say about my mama and then like the the people are just like hey man like it's, it's all right like I'm gonna go get with his mama now. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Or also even even another scene where it's just like uh, they follow up is where uh, Sunshine comes in, he, he kisses Gary, and then they come and they're like, "Hey man, you gotta tell me." Were well, you, you actually gotta... gay? He's like, "Why does it matter?" He's like, matter? "He's like, it doesn't matter." Right. I just I just want to know. He's like, "Well, if you don't, if it doesn't matter, why do you need to know?" Think about this. <laughs> That's that was in 2000, 20 years ago, and that filmmaker was already so ahead of his time because because I mean, back then it was it still wasn't that like yeah it was a it was a taboo subject it still was a t- taboo subject and nowadays but they were so ahead of the time that that fits in today that like yeah this this whole movie still like affects things today i f- i feel this is going to be a horrible thing cuz like it's been 60 years almost since civil rights actually like kicked off as much as it did but like the fact that we're still like getting movies like this where you're like it shows how things should be how like Things should have changed. Things how how it could have been, and then it's like nothing's changed. And right. It's I mean, it's, well, it's, it's not that the, nothing's see, changed. Um, it's just it's changed and been covered up in a way that that it, it didn't become apparent because it's like okay, well, nobody's separated anymore. That means that means racism over, which is not true. Yeah. No. And like we're still dealing with this stuff. Like a uh, great great thing from this movie when they when they go to camp and they like become a team and they're like laughing together. They're you know they're they're team. They're brothers. Right. And then they get back to the school. And it's like everything they learned, everything they had been through, yeah, it's just like went away because their parents are there, there, their friends are there. Schools happened, everyone's yelling at them, protesting, cussing. And but then, they're, then there's still like um, Greg or Gary. Gary he sorry. comes up and he's like, "Hey, Julius, how's it going?" Like even right. in the midst of protesters, even in the midst like, of like they didn't revert back to them, so they they stayed true to what they how they changed. You didn't, you didn't see them like, well, camp's over now, so now I had to do this. Like right. he's still he's like, "Hey, mom, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go down to the berg to go play basketball with Julius," and she's like. No, you're not going to do that. And he's like, "What? <laughs> what? What do you mean?" So you're going to trust me? But see, and that's and that's one of the reason. Another reason I think this movie is just so smart is because they did this. 
thing where yeah, I mean they they all went away, they changed, but then you then you they come back and like oh everything's not fine and dandy still like and they they happened a lot in this movie where they even like uh like uh sunshine yeah brings them into that restaurant. He's like no man, I got it. You got it. They're right. like trying to tell him like yo man, they won't let us in. Just like, there, there's when you no think way. Everything just when you think that's like the stupidity of racism is going to stop. Just when you think something is everything is going well, they bring you into that false sense of uh, false sensehood security. and just a sense of security, and then just knock it back down. They're like, and, you but, thought things were good, but this is actually not the case. Every and every every second of screen time is not wasted. Like there's no, there's like the the scene where Julian or Julius goes to like uh, Gary's like uh, house, right? And like the cop pulls up, and you're thinking like. Right. Okay, here we're going to go. He's going to get hassled by a police officer because he's black in the white, white neighborhood. neighborhood. Right. And instead, he's like, yeah, you did a good game, man. And he's like, wow, all right, subvert expectations. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, even, even me, you've seen this movie, this movie like five times. I forgot about that. Just out of all the recent stuff that's going on, I'm like, oh, fuck the cop. And then I was like, just me. It just natural reaction. I'm like, oh, fuck the cops. And then <laughs> and then he just goes, hey, you did pretty good. And I was like, see you later. And I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. I was like, Some, somebody that's not shitty. Okay. <laughs> like, Good, good, good for you, man. And then you start, like, you start seeing the town kind of, like, become more acceptance. But, like, it doesn't make you think that everything's fixed. Right, like, exactly. Like, it still, it still shows and that's, the, and the shitty even... parts. Like, uh, the bricking thrown in the coach's house. Right. It's like, like it's, it's, just because you think it's okay, doesn't mean it disappeared. Just because your small circle, exactly. Just because your small circle is all, every, is all good, doesn't mean everything else is okay everywhere else. And you still gotta fight that fight. Yeah, and then, uh, the, the touching ending for the funeral... That was just right. like, and they're all come back together. They're still brothers. And it started out with that, and it ended with that. And then, um, one of the best scene, in my opinion, in the movie, mm-hmm. and it's really sad after Gary gets in the accident, right? Which spoiler, sorry, but uh, then he uh, yeah, he's in the hospital room, paraplegic, and Julius goes up, and she tells him like, "Sir, only kid can be there." And he goes, "What's wrong? Don't you see the resemblance?" That's my brother, exactly. It's yeah. like, damn. <laughs> Yeah, no, and and that's a big. T- I mean, and see, the the thing that really uh, excites me about this is that you have, like, you don't have any connection to football, and I feel like it doesn't take away since you. It's still it's still such a massive right. And my thing is, though, I do have that connection to football, and I've played football a whole time. Yeah, thank you for explaining stuff because you're like you probably don't get that. I was like, no, I don't, I don't understand. What <laughs> that means. I've, I've been on a, I've been on a team where like. Uh, all this, I mean, not necessarily the race stuff, but where you have to come together and you're working hard together and you bleed together and you know it's you become you become like one mind, you become one thing, and it's all and it's uh, very reminiscent of that. But even without that, you don't need it to to feel it, feel that. No, and then it just adds to it. It doesn't take away from it. Hundred percent. And this this film has so many good scenes where they're just they're coming together. Right. Like, it's just uh, so smart. The scene where the camp and he's like they're they're training, and then uh, Gary like goes up and he starts getting in someone's face. He's like, "You're doing it right. You're doing it. Right. You did this wrong. You need to do this play." And like the coach is like, "All right, I'm stepping." These guys like, "No, no, man." Yeah, like they step back. Exactly. It's just <laughs> and every then they start, scene. Like they do this. They do the next play right, and he's like sitting there. He's like, "Yeah!" Like they're so proud of each right. other. Just because, it's not because of race. Strong side. It's not because Next of the race. Side. It's not because of like who they are. It's because they're 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 family. They're brothers. They're in this unit together. Right. They're, exactly. They're a team. Finally. Yeah, they're they're more it's, it's, they're coming together for a different goal, and then and then the, a great quote: "Attitude reflects leadership." Yep, attitude reflects leadership. Exactly. It's like you're the captain, right? It's like yeah, well, attitude reflects leadership. And I was like, Jesus Christ! It's, that's that, so that, even that that scene where they just like they're like, okay, I'm not running more three days, dude. I don't. I, I'm I'm tired of this. I was like, look, we're gonna figure this stuff out right now because me and you, because I'm not doing more three days. I was like, I don't even I don't even care about you. But I was like, "You're not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. I don't care. We just gotta figure this out because I'm not, I'm not working, exercising anymore, bro." <laughs> it's a, it's such a powerful film. It really is, and it's a, it's surprising how powerful it was. It was better Another than what thing, I expected. 
that I, I've no I've I've noticed before, but like I just remembered how like it reminded me of how cool this was is that when they first got to the camp, the uh, Julius called Gar- uh, Gary Superman as like it was an insult, and I was like, bro, Come that's on, some Superman? of the coolest. Like, how do you how do you call how do you call somebody Superman and make it an insult? And I was like, he did it. I was like, that is some of the smartest writing I've ever seen. And then, but then later they turn it into and they call him Superman again, but it means something more to you now because they called him as an insult earlier. I was like, man, this it, is powerful writing, man. That is the. This sign is why of I, and it's more. Yeah, exactly. It's just so much. I think that's why I love this movie so much. Is because it's just so like it's so smart. Layered. It's just it's layered, layered. It's smart. It's and even all all the characters have things that go on for them. That yeah, like matter. Uh, God, I can't remember his name, but like the Ghost? The, the bigger guy. Oh, um, seventy three. I forgot his name. Yeah, yeah. I, but he's like crying in the locker room and the guy's like hey man what's wrong everything okay he's like i did it i'm in yeah he's like i was like, c plus Albridge. i'm going to college like, you're like, like yeah go you man because earlier but, they brought it up about how he wasn't going to go to school he wasn't planning to go to college because no one in his family had ever gone to college and he was failing in it right and but, like, but and they, but that came out it. but that came out in the midst of, of of the coach trying to teach an important lesson of, of it's not going to matter who you're with and then they just bring they, up the they science bring and says, up, hey, they, we're going to work on that and it's just like I mean, if you haven't seen this, you just have to. It's it was, so powerful. Yeah. That's going for somebody who doesn't like sports films. Like, this is a powerful film. Definitely one of my favorite. It's it's in my top ten favorite movies of all time. So Maybe even top five. It's so powerful. It's so good. Um, well, Bryce, that was that was my uh, film versus feature this week. Um, so what have you uh, picked up for next week? It's not gonna be nearly as good as the blind. Uh, no, I almost said the blind side. He said again. Fired. That's it. <laughs> Remember the Titans. I'm doing the podcast for myself. Fine. <laughs> but no, it's it's not gonna be as powerful as that. Um, I have a lot of films in my collection. Sure. And I use a I random film generator with all my films titles in my collection to figure out a movie. And it kept landing on this film, and I was like, man, I really, I, w- I want to watch it, but I just I feel like it's not gonna be good enough for the podcast. Okay. But then I did a set of my collection, and I raised my hand, and I was like going around my titles, and I stopped, and I landed on that title. Okay, you gotta watch it at that point. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. like, every side's been telling me to do it. What's, alright, so, so what I is am the film? so sorry. Oh, God. We're gonna watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, actually, I am not even that mad about that, <laughs> um, because that has been on my list for the longest time. And um, isn't, the, isn't like the red red lips, or whatever? Is yeah, that Tim, the cover? Tim Curry and the red lips, and yeah, it's a. I, my sister, my my oldest sister, Veronica. Shout out because she listens to us. <laughs> Hi, Veronica. But uh, she uh, she she used to watch this show a lot when I was a kid, and or movie, not show, but like sure. we, we used to watch this a lot as a it's kid. It's a musical. So right? I, I yeah, and I, okay. I I slightly remember it, but I don't really. So I'm like I'm excited to go through it. I I don't know what to expect. Ninety <laughs> percent of the time, I don't like musicals. Um. This but, one, this one's but that makes sense. I heard Rocky really Horror Picture Show is a super um, iconic classic film, and I yeah, it's strange as hell, man. From what I remember, it's strange as hell, <laughs> which I, I am uh, totally up for. So, but yeah, I was um, like, I was like, thanks for thanks again for picking a movie that I'm actually <laughs> that I'm like, oh god, I don't have to watch this. But no, yeah, I, I'm actually looking forward to this. It's something that's been on my list and I have been wanting to watch. So I'm excited to. to get I just to watch was. That. I just was like, well, everything's showing me to pick this, so I guess we're going to do it. <laughs> I guess I'm, I, I'm excited to actually have a reason to sit down and watch this, other than, because I never, I, it's just, it would, I would have taken forever to watch this by myself, is the thing. I would have never, I would have never gotten around to it, probably. <laughs> just like, random number, random number did it twice, and my hand found it, I guess we got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, as, uh, we're since, gonna... since this is such a long episode, we're sure. not going to be going into any other films we watched this week. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't, uh, really the only one I watched was Doctor Sleep. We were kind of already talked about that Jack film. I've seen I mean, a is there lot. Anything, I don't is there really... anything that, before we close off here, is there anything that you want to 
quickly mention that you watched to recommend or anything? Not really. I just watched a random stuff. We, we talked about a lot of it, like yeah. Okja and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, so because this is so long, because we had a lot of things to talk about this week, we're not going to go into that. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining us. We talked movie news, share our thoughts on more Spider-Man 3 news. Plus, always Spider-Man. Always Whenever Sp- Spider-Man comes up, <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man will be discussed. Because it's Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man, exactly. <laughs> Plunged deep into the film verse with The Shining, The Trial of Chicago 7, drank from the well of infinite movies while watching Memories of Murder and Remember the Titans. New episodes come out every Friday, so be sure to join us and turn on notifications to get updates every time we post. We are on currently Spotify and YouTube. We are working on Stitcher and hopefully iTunes eventually, but iTunes is a complicated thing to get into. Yep, exactly. And uh, YouTube at Into the Filmverse um, and Into the Filmverse for Spotify as well, which is however you're watching us, you can also stay here. Um, So you can stay... uh, yeah, so be sure, yeah, exactly. So turn on notifications so you can get updates when we post. Uh, you can stay connected with Bryce Payne on Letterboxd at... Payne Reviews, P-A-Y-N-E Reviews. And you can stay connected with me, Mitchell Chandler, by following me on one of my various social medias on Facebook and Instagram at Author Mitchell Chandler, uh, Twitter at Mitchell Chandler, and on Letterboxd at Mitch Reviews. We will also be starting a Instagram for this podcast, like completely just for this podcast, where we'll be posting... Pictures of the covers of the movies we're going to be watching and other things we find. Exactly. Um, And Mitch is spelled M-Y-T-C-H. And that's all for this week, our fellow cinephiles. And until next time... Excelsior! Excelsior!